Hello, and welcome again to The Near Futurist. As always, we cover both business and consumer worlds, and also, as always, I'll welcome feedback and input on the LinkedIn page. Just search for Guy Clapperton and Near Futurist, and you'll find us, as always. I'm going to stop saying, as always, now. Before I introduce this month's guest, though, here's a word from my sponsor. Okay, usual routine. It's not a sponsor. It's my media training operation. But here goes. clients want to sound as confident, clear, and fluent in media interviews as the people in this podcast? Of course you do. My team and I can help. Drop my assistant, Lindsay, that's lindsay at clapperton.co.uk, a note, and she'll set us a time for an initial chat. Or go to the website at clapperton.co.uk, two Ps, to find out more. Now, back to the podcast. And if you sat through that and are still here, thank you very much. Listening to podcasts is good. I may have a vested interest in saying so, but you must be here for some reason. Maybe you like listening to audio, and I'd be the last to complain. But could your experience of it be better? My guest today hasn't criticised the podcast, of course, that'd be a bit rude. However, he's a specialist in audio. According to Forbes, he's emerged as one of the music industry's leading innovators, steadily honing his revolutionary approach to enhancing it and reinventing the way we consume music. But if my daughter's listening, don't worry, I'm not going to sing to prove it. He's founder and chief executive of Iris Audio, and his name is Jacoby Anstruther. Jacoby, welcome. Guy, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Uh, let's start with the basics. I'd like to know a bit about what you do. I understand you've moved away from headsets and hardware. And I freely admit that when I first uh, heard about uh, Iris, the phrase headset company was my first assumption, completely inaccurately. What do you actually do? Yeah, so, so we were never a headset company. Uh, we, we built a set of, set of headphones to really tangibly show what we could do differently to everybody else. But fundamentally, we're a SaaS software business. Um, and we build a number of different SaaS softwares, AI-based, to augment audio in pretty much any environment. So the background of the business really is focused on the neurology of sensory input stimuli and how that affects our information retention, memory, emotional response, and many other exciting different parameters that we can talk about later if you want to dive in. But really just believing that our environment and our information has shifted from primarily being visual to audio with the sort of remote working, the booming podcasts, audio books, music streaming, et cetera. And how do you augment the, that experience in a digital world, both looking at the human performance division, but also in the quality of experience? Okay, just to uh, clarify for any uh, listeners who are not in the technology industry, SaaS is software as a service. In other words, you buy it on tap rather than buying a package and it's yours forever. That's it. Uh, well, exactly. And, yep. and really, we sell to enterprise rather than to directly to the consumer so to be um, fair i think most software is sold that way but thanks for uh, uh, these days but thanks very much for clarifying that I, I keep seeing noise reduction technologies improve and i'm sure there's more to what you're saying than that but i'd like to make one point i saw on the internet the other day so it must be true that noise reduction headphones can actually damage your hearing a guy was saying he got tinnitus because of noise reducing uh, earphones does that sound likely is that possible yeah, it makes sense. And and the confusion is really in the name um, because noise cancelling headphones, as they're referred to, they're not actually cancelling noise. What they're doing is they have microphones placed on the external side of the headset or the can. 
and they're picking up the ambient noise around you. And then they're playing that noise back into your ears out of phase. And when you play audio back out of phase on top of existing audio, um, it cancels itself out. Simple, simple physics there. And that's why you get that vacuum feeling. So what you're doing when you're listening to a noise cancelling headphone is you're actually listening to more noise. Um, there's more information being passed to your brain. So not only can it potentially create tinnitus, but it also has interesting neurological effects, um, creating stress and anxiety on the mind because of the way the information is received. And, and that's some of the stuff we test and study. What we do is not create noise cancelling headphones. So if you think about the evolution of, of this world of noise, right, your first your first evolution would be, you know, what you might find at a gun range or at a loud construction site, which is a set of headphones that represses loud noises or one end of the frequency range and allows speech through, but so you don't damage the noise with these sort of large transient noises. Then um, Bose invented their noise cancelling headsets, which is does exactly what I just explained. What we do in the noise cancelling space is we build AI technology software that sits in the middle of any multi-channel communication, intercepts the communication in all directions. And that AI has been trained on hundreds of thousands of hours of every noise you can imagine and human voice. And it has the ability to identify what is the human voice in closest proximity to the microphone. Therefore, the conversation you and I are having and not the car noises or the helicopters or the kids screaming and dogs barking around us and just give you the information that is integral to the outcome of, of whatever communication you're trying to have. It's interesting we've been focusing or you've been focusing mostly on the remote uh, sort of speech. Uh, as a man in his middle age, uh, my hearing is obviously not what it was when I was in my 20s. That's just human uh, progression for you. But if there's, uh, if you go into one of these terribly 1980s buildings where there's lots of glass and lots of bare wood on the floorboards, uh, I often found the reverberation makes it difficult for me to pick out what's going uh, or what's going on um, around me. And I've spoken to other middle-aged people. It's, we've had our hearing tested. We're fine, but it's uh, it's not uh, always yeah. clear. Is that is that the sort of thing you could help with, even if someone's face to face? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a that's a different problem, uh, and that's due to phase information. You know, as as if you and I were in a room, guy, and and I was talking to you, you have information coming directly from my mouth to your ears, but you also have information bouncing off every other surface. And if there are hard flat surfaces, then that's more intense. And and that that timing of information, it's all the same information, but the timing is out. So our brains are have evolved to listen by doing something called binaural phasing. And that's picking up between 20 and 30,000 different pieces of phase information on the same frequency waves at any given moment in time in a complex audio stream. So by complex audio, I mean a song, for example. And so the brain is sitting there and decoding that information. And what that gives you is your spatial environment. So that if I walk around you with your eyes closed, you know where I am, you know, the shape of the room and the size of the room. And it just allows you to make sense of what would be a rather confusing world if if, if we hadn't evolved to, to do this neat trick. And that's really you know, fundamentally what, what we started studying and, and audio in and listening is, is a unique sense because the experience really does differ from individual to individual. And that's really for three fundamental reasons. One is your position of phase. So your relation to the source of the music and the environment around you 
um, whether you've got cushions absorbing sound or a glass panel next to you reflecting it directly into your ear. Secondly, is how the brain then processes that that information differs dramatically from person to person. And we study that on fMRI scans and EEG reading. And then finally, is that sort of subjective element, which is why something might relax you that hypes me up in the gym or why we have different preference in in music and, and sound. And through those three parameters are experience of sound differs dramatically where we fundamentally unless you're colorblind see the same thing taste the same thing etc uh, and 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 the final piece just to add to that is is really how active the brain is in the listening experience because of this binaural phasing and it's one of the few things we do in our day-to-day life where we use the entirety of our brain and our brain is in a very healthy state when we listen to music why music is at the center of every culture and every tribe and has such a deep impact on our emotions is because of this element and how engaged we are with the experience and and that's really what we study and how we can stimulate the brain to um, have higher emotional response, better information retention, more engaged, and and better human performance and mental health. This is really interesting. Tell me about the practical applications. Music is, of course, uh, one uh, one thing, but uh, where applications in which your technology would actually make a difference. I understand you do quite a lot with contact centres, for example. Yeah, so so we 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 have the world's leading voice isolation technology, which is what I was talking about earlier. The AI that filters out the sound. Um, we we kind of look at that with three markets in um, in mind. The first of which we call mission critical. So anywhere where the outcome to what you're trying to achieve is integral to the information being passed by audio. In that bucket, we put the work we do with Formula One. Um, We just announced yesterday um, running all of the communications for IndyCar in the States. They're broadcasting race control and team communications. There, you would also put aviation comms, transportation, emergency services, uh, military, etc. So that's really the sort of shop window where we really test the technology in the most extreme of environments. As you can imagine, standing next to a Formula One car is, or the cockpit of a Formula One car communicating with the pit wall is, is a pretty intense environment when it comes to noise. So that's really where we developed our technology and, and where we spawned from. The biggest market is the call and contact center space for us. There's a very clear ROI on average handling time. It's a very data-driven business. So those savings over vast numbers um, make a huge amount of difference to their businesses. And, and that's really where we're seeing a huge amount of growth in the company. Um, and then finally, we do, for that particular product, we do work in voice analytics, voice-to-text, uh, diarization, and transcription and increasing accuracy where um, other AI would be falling short because of the disruption of, of external noises. I assume you're using your own technology to listen and speak to me, but I'm not. I mean, for what it's worth, I'm using a blue snowball mic and uh, Apple earbuds. And we're speaking across Zoom. And there's no artificial enhancement that I'm aware of unless Apple's built it in or something. So how would I know the difference? And You sound fine, for example you wouldn't know the difference and that's the whole point of the technology it's designed to sit quietly in the background and you forget about it you just have a, a more positive experience and and there's interesting studies on this going further to mental fatigue to customer experience but also employee experience you know the call center industry 
has an extremely high churn rate. That's because generally speaking, people don't want to be on calls with call center operatives. Therefore, they're not particularly nice to them. There's only so much abuse an individual will take before they want to leave. And it's an amazing study to see how the minute I ask you to repeat your credit card numbers two or three times, your emotional response increases. And therefore, your lack of tolerance of being on the call increases. And therefore, the way you speak to me gets worse. And so these are all of the different parameters that we study alongside average handling time, success of call, and, and all of the so the more obvious ones, but also how can you reduce churn, make it a more pleasant working environment for your employees, as well as an experience for your customers? There are whole issues about uh, how you support contact center employees. For example, I was at a, uh, a roundtable event I was chairing a little while ago, uh, which was actually about debt collection for um, uh, from a contact center side. And of course, you're dealing with people at their lowest who might actually finally have picked up the phone terrified uh, to admit they need help. So I think there's all sorts of issues about mental health in there, but sorting out the um, uh, the, the, the lack of distraction would do. Well, we're, sure. we're, I think we're all guilty of it, right, Guy? And I think we've all been frustrated and called and having to solve a problem or someone's trying to sell you something when you're far too busy with other things. Uh, and therefore, you know, we're probably not the best version of ourselves in that, in that moment. And, uh, probably should rethink how you speak to call centers. And then there are other interesting matrix, like 44% of people hang up the minute they hear a call center babble in the background by other call center desks and the noise. Therefore, you're losing 44% of your calls. That's very expensive to the call centers. So the minute you remove that babble and it's an isolated conversation, you've got people on the call for longer and therefore your success rate goes up. Or if you're doing mobile doctor apps, for example, you want the isolation of privacy while speaking to someone about your health and therefore removing any exterior noises and having focus on the call is, is really important to the outcome. Absolutely. Focus is absolutely vital. So let's talk about the fun stuff as well as the, uh, the, yeah. the business <laughs> stuff. Music. Okay. Who do you work with? On the music front, we we don't work with anybody at the moment. We we are we've done a number of bits of work with. Well, we build plugins, so we work with a number of artists, and um, I I own a record label myself and and use our technologies a lot. And um, we've had conversations with a number of the leading music providers and audio companies. They're finding it a little bit hard to really understand what we're doing because we add the human element in. Unlike the pixels on your screen, because of what I mentioned earlier and this engagement of the brain, there is an esoteric element to what we're doing. And it does differ from human to human when it comes to the experience. And we can prove this. We've done a lot of work with Goldsmiths Neuroscience Division here in London and, and also Mount Sinai Human Performance in New York to really study and prove this out. But but you will not be able to just increase the number of pixels, for example, in the same way with audio because of this human element. And, and that's what we're doing that really differs from anything else in the market. We're studying that engagement and, and, and that neurological response and activity that increases. So, you know, when we run quant studies, um, we take a low bit rate piece of audio, so an MP3 file, for example, and we compare it to uh, the high definition solutions out there like Dirac MQA, Sony 360, Ultra HD, which is Amazon's product. And over 5,000 plus people, we found that even though the size of file is up to 40x bigger than the file we're using, 
71% of people preferred listening our way because of the way we engage the brain and use software to, to activate that emotional response. And, you know, fundamentally, music is emotion, if nothing else. It's about engaging, a, triggering a, a level of emotion in your listener that, that relates to them in some way. Um, and, and that's the stuff we find really exciting. And then if you take that a step further, we look at actually what's happening in the brain, which is creating what we refer to as flow state. I don't know, Guy, if you've had much experience of, of what flow state is. Uh, I, I know the theory. I, I'm the, I have the attention span of a hamster, so I'm not um, necessarily the best person to talk about it, but I'm aware of the concept. Yes, it's when you, you, you're sort of in the zone, so to speak. Yeah. So bearing in mind your attention span, I would not ramble on too much, but, but, um, sorry, that wasn't a hint. <laughs> See how that might have sounded. The definition is really losing sense of self and time. Um, so it's really when you perform at the utmost ability because you're not distracted or bored. If, if I give you, um, something to study, if it's below your natural ability, you'll get bored and start thinking about other things. And if it's above your natural ability, you'll get bored and start thinking of other things. Simple, simply how the mind works. But there is a thinned band of performance, which is just above your natural ability. And that's called the state of flow. It's where a Formula One racing driver will forget what lap he's on and how long he's been driving and just will feel like he can keep going forever. And he's performing it, you know, seconds quicker than he would normally. Or an artist who's just totally lost in a piece of art and, and forgets where they are and what they're doing um, and really is performing at their best. It's something that athletes, artists, most people want to tap into. And there's a very interesting doctor at Goldsmiths University called Jasmine Tan who studies this and the neurological response. And what we've found with our AI is we can induce a the same neurological response while listening to music or a podcast as someone in a state of flow. Um, which is which is rather exciting and and some great studies have come out and we've written some white papers on this um it's actually a very similar state to when someone is in a deep state of meditation it's the same neurological response most people think meditation is quieting down the brain's activity it's actually the opposite um it's quieting down the ego and 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 the the, the voice inside your head but it's actually increasing neurological behavior which is synchronicity between the left and right hemisphere of your brain and increased activity in the frontal cortex frontal left cortex particularly um and it's a very healthy thing to do is to get to get in the present moment and so we have a software that we can integrate into anything you're listening to in a digital environment that induces this flow state so some of the training we've done with formula one drivers particularly with red bull and max verstappen and and some of the other drivers is is around how if we can induce this flow state in their driver training in the simulators does that then allow them the ability to engage that flow state easier because they're practicing just like when you practice to meditate it, it doesn't do a lot the first time you do it but after a couple of months you start to really see the benefits of it so how do we train the brain to be able to engage flow state easier so that these high performance athletes or artists or whoever maybe it may be can bring out their best in these intense environments does the same thing happen if you're listening really intently as well or indeed reading or watching or you know with other art forms but in your case you'll be more interested in the listening yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's about it's about focus, right? It's about being fully present in the moment and the benefits of doing that, whether that's um, a hobby or, or or anything else. And it and it's good for us. It, it, we, there's 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 
a lot of evidence out there that it's um, very beneficial to our mental health, our anxiety, our physical health. I think it's dangerous to separate physical and mental. More and more studies show that we are one organism and we work as one and therefore both are highly connected. Where do you see this going in the future? Um, we have big aspirations and, and a lot of development going on um, with our R&D team, some of which I can't talk about, some of which I can. Um, what one of, one of the things that we're working on at the moment is what we call a super res HD, um, which gives companies the ability to store and send very low bit rate uh, audio communications, but aren't sample using AI. So to, to simplify that, imagine if you had two calls, one was broken up, low quality, fuzzy, um, and hard to hear. And you had the same call, which was perfect HD 48 kilohertz studio quality. And we train our artificial intelligence models on the difference between them. So after a, a number of hours of the hundreds of thousands of hours really of training they can start to understand the missing and the patterns and therefore you can have really poor quality audio and experience studio on studio quality on either end that's a product that we're very excited about that that's showing some new results um but but really the bit that really excites the team here and and me and and the passion is 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 tapping into this human performance side and and how we can really biohack to bring out the best in in our day-to-day -day lives both from a mental health perspective but also as i say performance and finally if i may ask how can listeners find out more about you and iris technology yeah i mean uh website we put, we put a lot of white papers we're often writing a lot on our website iris.audio so please check us out there we're on same url for instagram linkedin and twitter um, or I think, sorry, I can't call it that anymore, can I? X? Yes, it's, a, it's an X Twitter. It has ceased to be, I think, is the, uh, the artist yeah. formerly known as. So, yeah, please, please look us up. Um, you know, we're constantly doing innovative new things and, and trying to break the boundaries at the sort of front edge of, of audio and, and, and the value of it. And, you know, I, I think for me, the real passion comes from the belief that everything is frequency, everything is vibrating on a on a molecular level and, and therefore the frequencies we engage with, but whether that's thought, sound, spoken word, um, really do have an effect on us. And, and that's really what we are diving down a rabbit hole and, and studying on a on a on a micro level. Jacobi Anstrother of Iris Technology, thank you very much. Guy, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to chat. And thank you for listening. This has been the Near Futurist, a Clapperton Media production, and I've been Guy Clapperton. See you in a month. <laughs>